0: Is prayer your last resort in a time of crisis? Pastor Ed Taylor challenges us to think differently.
1: You know, you get to a place, you go, okay, Ed, all we can do now is pray. No, no, prayer isn't to be that, what we turn to when there's no more hope. You know, it's not something, well, we've done everything we can, we might as well pray. No, Daniel shows us, listen, Daniel shows us as prayer is where it starts. Prayer is where it starts. It's where to start, it's where to continue, it's where to finish. And it's not just folding your hands, closing your eyes, bowing your head. Like prayer is like breathing. It's the atmosphere of our lives. This is amazing grace.
0: a battle that rages in the unseen realm and sometimes we don't even realize it. today on abounding grace we're going to receive a glimpse into what's really going on in the unseen world. In Daniel chapter 10 we read of a demon that's dispatched by the devil with the sole purpose of hindering the work and answer of God. Here's Pastor Ed Tater to tell us all about it in
1: part 1 of the Battle Never really Ends. Daniel chapter 10, Daniel chapter 10, it's a Bible study that I've entitled, The Battle Never Really Ends. Isn't that true? The battle never really ends. And we pick up by way of review in verse 1 of chapter 10, where it says, In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, had another vision, and he understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future. Times of war and great hardship. And when this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time I'd eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. Now, Cyrus is the king of Persia, which puts Daniel's age about 85 or 90 years old. And it's been about 72 years since the captivity. And he's still in Babylon when other people have already returned back to the land. And as Daniel chapter 10 opens, we find that he's obviously distressed. He's, verse 2 says, he's emotionally mourning for three full weeks. He's physically hungry, which is because he's fasting and he's chosen to fast. He's taking no pleasant food. And he also has no fragrant lotions or anointing oils. So, So he has this outward stink about him because he's chosen not to take a shower, not to take a bath. And Daniel's fasting because his heart is broken. And remember we learned last time, and you can look at it in depth, but we learned last time that fasting is the purposeful neglect of some fleshly appetite in order to be strengthened and sharpened by the Lord. And fasting combined with prayer is powerful. Now, Jesus put fasting together with giving and with prayer. And he says, when you pray, when you give, when you fast, it's an expectation for us that if you haven't fasted in a while, why? And if you haven't fasted during this time of crisis, why? Now, I know some would say, well, wait a minute, Ed. Why haven't you called a fast for the church? Well, I didn't really feel like the Lord wanted us to call a corporate fast. But instead, the Lord spoke to my heart that he would be calling people to fast in the church, that he would be doing it himself, and that it would be a test then of whether you would obey. But there's strength in fasting. And if you don't know what fasting is, I've done a Bible study on it. Go to our website or go to our app and just put in the word fasting. I think I titled it, What is Biblical Fasting? And I go through and we learn together what the Bible has to say about fasting. And there's a strength in it where I take time to discipline my body and direct myself spiritually. And we learned last time that there's that need for desperation in the church. So pick up in verse 4. It says, On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze. And his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel verse 7, saw the vision. And the men with me saw nothing. But they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale. And I felt very weak. Now remember, this is on top of his fasting. This is on top of him seeking the Lord. So it's just overwhelming him physically, overwhelming him spiritually. And I heard the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. So Daniel's seen a lot in his lifetime. Leaders come and go. Visions, dreams, images. And here is the pinnacle of all that he saw. He receives a glimpse of glory. And remember, uh, last time we looked at this, I agree with just about every commentator that this is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. He's ministering to Daniel here. Daniel's in that place of desperation. Daniel's in that place of of seeking God. And so there's this revelation of glory. And you can jot it down in Revelation chapter 1 verse 12. Uh, You can see the description is very similar in Revelation of who John saw compared to who Daniel saw. You know, let's just turn there. We have some time. Turn over to Revelation chapter 1. And I want to remind you, we've been teaching going through the book of Daniel in the NLT. So I hope it's been ministering to you. I hope It's been blessing me. I love the New King James and I've been reading from the New King James for for 29 years now, but I've really enjoyed, not only, because I use the NLT for my Devos, uh, for my Devo life in the morning, but I've really enjoyed the challenge that it posed me when I made the commitment to teach through the NLT. And just looking at Daniel differently, comparing the different, because on my computer, I have a program where I can see all the different versions together and be able to compare them. But to teach it through has been 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 a challenge, but it's also been a commitment. And I I think God wants us to keep our commitment. So notice verse 12. When I turned, this is John writing, when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the son of man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool and as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand. And a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. And notice in verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as I were dead. And he laid his hand on me. Well, look what happened with Daniel. When Daniel saw him, he says, I fainted in verse 9. And I lay there with my face to the ground. And then a hand touched me and lifted me up, still trembling. And to my hands and my knees, verse 11, and the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I've been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Verse 12, then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before God, your request has been heard in heaven and I have come in answer to your prayer. To me, it's such a blessing. The moment you start praying, God hears and answers your prayers. Your prayers, the answers to our prayers are not delayed. They're not delayed. Daniel's told as soon as he started praying, from the first day, his words were heard. And I'm encouraged because that would, that we would understand that God hears and answers our prayers. I, I think a lot of our lack of prayer is this, so we just think God doesn't hear. Or well, we have all these intellectual questions. Well, I don't understand why I should pray. If God's going to do whatever he wants to do anyway, why should I pray? Well, listen, we should pray because God tells us to pray. But it says in Luke 18, Jesus said, one day, Jesus told his disciples a story. To show that they should always pray and never give up. Why do we pray? Because God hears our prayers and he answers our prayers. You know, I think a lot of times we think, well, you know, if I pray for such and such and I pray for that person and I pray for that situation, then, then God will answer it that way. But haven't you found that when you pray for someone that God begins to change you? Haven't you found that when you're praying for someone that God begins to work in your heart And and you start to pray and God's ministering to you. The early church, listen brothers, listen sisters, the early church demonstrates that powerful prayer as persecution descends upon them. We're not living in persecution right now, but we're living in difficulty. We're not living under major persecution right now, but we're living under major constraint, major isolation. Has it changed your prayer life? Has it changed your desperation? We find Go ahead and turn over to Acts chapter 12 with me, would you? Because in Acts chapter 12, we find that Peter is thrown in jail. And rather than go and break him out, rather than go and protest that he's in jail, the early church, at least this segment of the early church, they don't go break him out. They don't dig a hole under the wall. They don't gather a big rally. You know what they do? They pray. You go, well, but wait a minute, Ed, is it wrong to to rally? No, it's not wrong. But what does it amount? Did it get Peter, you know, if, they, if the Bible would have said, oh yeah, they went down and protested that Peter was in jail. Well, did it get him out? No, you know what got Peter out? Well, I'm, I'm going ahead of the story. But yeah, you already know, the Bible students, what got Peter out of jail was prayer. In answer to their prayer, God breaks Peter out of jail. And I think they just believed that their only course was to, to pray to God. They couldn't cry out to the Roman government the Roman government was the one persecuting them. They couldn't cry out. They couldn't have some kind of, you know, internet campaign. Uh, they couldn't start a, a campaign to collect signatures. No, they needed to pray. And notice, pick up with me in uh, Acts chapter 12, verse 13. I mean, this is such a, an amazing passage that we, we don't always think it, we don't always understand the significance Um, But it says, actually, pick up in verse 12. It says, when he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where there were many gathered for, what does your Bible say? They were gathered for prayer. They came together to pray. And he knocked at the door at the gate, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. Verse 14, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, That instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter's standing at the door. And you know what they're going to say next, verse 15. Yes, God has answered our prayers. Look how fast. I can't believe it. Instead, what do they answer? Verse 15. You're out of your mind, they said. But when she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. And meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. Then finally opened the door. They saw him and they were amazed. And he motioned them to quiet down and told him how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers what has happened. And then he went to another place. This tells me something about this prayer meeting. Not only was the early church praying, but they didn't have a lot of faith. They weren't praying like it was gonna happen. Now, I I don't know what it was like in the prayer meeting. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying they didn't have any faith because they believed in God to pray. But when Peter showed up at the door, they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe it, and then they did. And so it's okay if you come to God with a little bit of faith. It's okay if you come to God with no faith. When you pray, God hears. Keep in mind here, Daniel, back, come, come back to Daniel 10 now. Keep in mind that Daniel here has been praying for three weeks, for 21 days. And that's a long time to be seeking the Lord that way. I mean, some of you have prayed for a lot longer than 21 days. I think of in my life, I've got some prayers that, that have been going on for All the years that I've known, I've been praying for salvation for all the years I've known known them, and all the years for 29 years I've been praying for the salvation of family members and friends. I think of in my own life, seven years I've been praying the same prayer. As a matter of fact, every time we get to go to Israel and we visit the Western Wall, I take the same prayer to the same section of the wall, at least what I can remember of where I was, and and I have somebody snap a picture. So every year for seven years, because when God answers that prayer. I'm going to lay out the pictures and go, look, every year I brought this. I brought you. When I get that, I say, every year I brought you to this wall. And is there anything special on the wall? Nothing special on the wall. It's symbolic. It's symbolic. It's a place to pray. And so I can't wait to lay out those pictures. I'm going to have, I think, only six of them because one year we didn't go to Israel. uh, So we had to change the date. But I'm going to lay them all out. And there they are. Every year, prayer, prayer prayer every year going to uh to the area of in in Israel when we take you and you just got to know we got to go we're going in 2021 we want you to go with us so start planning right now start praying right now start saving right now and when we have our tour in 2021 And we go again, we'll take you into the Valley of Elah and you'll stand there like David looking up at your giant and you'll take a literal rock from the the riverbed there, the creek bed, and you will throw it at your Goliath. Every year I throw my rock and I take one home saying there's the picture, there's the rock because God answers prayer. But you know, after 21 days, after 21 weeks, after 21 years, after 31 years, it, it gets tiring. And you begin to think that maybe God doesn't hear you. But the, this, this angel finally shows up. This guy, this person, you know, again, whether it's an angel of the Lord, capital A, I know there's debate on this. There's even some controversy in this passage. But this revelation, the answer to God, Daniel's prayer was immediate as far as God's concerned. Daniel's perspective, you know, and that's the thing. So I want you to understand this. Daniel's been praying for three whole weeks, starting in verse 2. And he hasn't gotten his answer in 21 days, okay? 21 days of praying. So what is that interpreted from us? When we pray for 21 days and we don't get the answer, we don't get a answer or the answer, like it doesn't happen the way we want it, what's our conclusion? Go ahead and say it out loud. We think that God's answer is what? No. We don't think of wait as much as we think of no. And yet, From Daniel's perspective, all he heard was no. And yet what God's answer was, was wait. That's God's answer. It was sent and it arrived. I don't want you to give up on prayer, church. I don't want you to give up prayer. Listen, I know we all can have better prayer lives, including me. It is, it has not been an area of great, great strength. Two areas that have been very troubling for me in my personal walk. Faith and prayer. It's like, man, I'm just not the man of faith. God shows up in a powerful way, and, and he shows me. It's almost like, Ed, why didn't you have faith? And I'm like, I don't know. God, you've been so faithful to me. You've been so good. And then he'll show up and deliver, and he's like, Ed, what's, what about your prayer life? And I'm like, I know, Lord. Why are you sleeping? You should have been praying. I know. I know, Lord. But I, I can't say I've grown. I can't say I've seen more prayer. I can't say that the Lord has grown me in those areas. But I know I have so much more to grow. And I'm sure you do too. And it's okay just to admit it before the Lord. God, I just want a deeper prayer life. God, I just want to walk in faith. I want to trust you. I don't want to take things into my own hands. Listen, prayer is never a last resort. You know, you get to a place, you go, okay, Ed, all we can do now is pray. No, no, there's no, the, the prayer isn't to be that what we turn to when there's no more hope. You know, it's not something, well, we've done everything we can, we might as well pray. No, Daniel shows us, listen, Daniel shows us as prayer is where it starts. Prayer is where it starts. It's where to start, it's where to continue, it's where to finish. And it's not just folding your hands, closing your eyes, bowing your head. Like prayer is like breathing. It's the atmosphere of our lives. We're breathing in prayer, we're breathing out prayer. We're just talking to the Lord, just talking to the Lord about what's on our heart, what's on our mind. We put worship music on and we're praying, like, like this new song Pastor Ian just introduced to me. I want you to check this song out, okay? It's called Open Space and it's by House Fires. We sing a lot of songs from House Fires. It's called Open Space. And so I was singing it, I was playing it on the way in. Uh, on the way into the church building tonight, and and it just talks about like God, my heart is an open. I'm open to you, and I'm still learning it, so I don't know all the words. But as I'm as I'm listening to the gal sing it, as I'm listening to the atmosphere, as I'm receiving, and I'm also praying it out of my life. I'm like Lord, I want to be an. I want my heart to be open. She talks about forgiveness. You know, the lyrics talk about forgiveness. I want to be forgiving. I, she, they, they, I say she because she's singing it. But whoever wrote it, like wrote lyrics in that, that included First Corinthians chapter 13, love. And so prayer is not just like, okay, this is the 10 minutes we're going to pray. No, that's focused prayer for us. We've been doing 30 days of focused prayer. I hopefully every day you've taken some time to fast, seek the Lord, pray over the topic. But prayer is not a last resort. You can pray through songs. You can pray through situations. And listen, mark this down. God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. Just because an answer doesn't come immediately, don't lose heart. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Or in the New Living, Jesus said that men should always pray and never give up. That's just the word, never give up. Please don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Listen to those words, don't give up. You're listening to this on the radio, podcast, you're watching me, don't give up. Don't give up, don't quit. It's always too soon to quit. Don't quit, steady on. The answer's on its way and God is faithful because it's not just the answer you're looking for, God is the answer. He's drawn near to him, he draws near to you. But check this out in verse 13. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. And then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. And by the way, this is that section of Scripture that says, well, wait a minute. If this was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ, then how can, there be resi- how can he be resistant? You know, how can he face resistance from these um, demonic realm, these de- demons, you know, these, these angels in the demonic realm of the devil of Persia? And here's the thing. Jesus is able to allow, even God allowed the devil to be in his presence in heaven. So God is sovereign. He can allow the devil to think he's making progress. Remember, Jesus went into the, he willingly went into the wilderness and he let the devil take him on. I mean, he could have wiped the devil out in a heartbeat. So I, I know that, you know, expositionally, you can make an argument either way, but don't don't get caught up in it. I want us to draw near uh, and understand that this prince doesn't seem to be human, but angelic, Uh, an angelic demonic force. Because men don't successfully detain angels or pause them. The prince of Persia appears to be a title for a demon that was dispatched by the devil himself to hinder the work and hinder the answer of God. And then you jump down to verse 20. It says, he replied, do you know why I've come? Soon I must return and fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after that, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. You know, the demonic realm. And I believe we're just given an insight and a glimpse of what goes on in the unseen world, in the invisible world around us. Remember, there's a physical world and there's a spiritual world. There's light and there's darkness. And it makes me wonder if the prince of Persia, this demon from the area of Persia or this demon from Greece was so bad And what about other cities? And what about other locations? What kind of demonic forces are in Aurora, are in Denver, are over Colorado? Like what demonic forces are happening behind the scenes that are sent to discourage, that are sent to take us down? There are demonic influences and there are good angelic influences. Remember, a third of the angels, the Bible teaches us, followed Satan in his rebellion. You're listening to Abounding
0: Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor and a fascinating study of Daniel chapter 10. You can hear it again through our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com or our mobile app. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. So, Pastor Ed, as you were leading us into the unseen world today, offering a glimpse into what's taking place as we're praying to God, a question came to mind. As we're waiting for God to answer, realizing there is a battle going on, how should that change our perspective or even how we
1: pray? Well, Larry, our perspective is everything, isn't it? How we view, how we are processing our understanding of God. And it's really neat to know that God hears our prayers. That's going to change our perspective. We're not praying to a ceiling. We're not talking out loud to no one. We're talking to the living God who hears our prayers and and sends the answer. Now, of course, with this particular prayer, there's a battle going on for its delivery of the answer. And so, you know, as you're waiting, the Lord says that strength is renewed. And as we're waiting, we're not waiting helplessly. We're waiting hopefully. And I think it should change our perspective to be praying more, to surrendering our lives more to the will of God and knowing that He hears us, And he sends the answer it just gets me excited thinking about it that god hears my prayers and answers them according to his will so jump in and tap into the spiritual realm today right now thanks for sharing that
0: pastor ed here in the month of december we picked out a timely resource we think you'll enjoy and get a lot out of it would even make a great christmas gift it's called the case for christmas so who was in the manger that first christmas morning not everyone agrees on the answer to that. If he was the divine Son of God, how do you know for sure? Well, Lee Strobel investigates in the Case for Christmas, and we'll send it to you when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more today. Please make your request by phone at 877-30GRACE. Also remember that it's through your support that we're able to bring Abounding Grace to your radio station every day. With your help, countless thousands of people are hearing the truth of God's word all over the nation and world at a time in human history when they really need to hear it, too. We can be reached toll-free at 877-30-GRACE, or you can make a donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Set aside another half hour to join us tomorrow when we'll dig deeper into Daniel with Pastor Ed Taylor here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace.